Welcome to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer Bussey, a podcast series for women in midlife who yearn to gain new clarity and purpose for the afternoon of life. A big welcome, Marcy. It's so lovely to have you join us today on our podcast, the first one for the new year. So you're number one for 2022. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. That's so exciting and wonderful. And what a privilege and honor it is to finally get to talk to you on your podcast. Yes, it's lovely to have you. So Marcy is from Arizona, and she's a, 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 co- a coach and an entrepreneur and someone who's got a vast wealth of experience. And Marcy, with all your vast wealth of experience and all the work that you do in transformational coaching and also working with women over 40 years of age, I wonder could we begin by telling us a little bit about your experience that led you into this field because you've got a very vast experience background there. Um, So maybe you could just share with us a little bit about that background and what led you into what you're doing now. Yes, of course, Anna. It's a really good question. And unfortunately, we don't have several days to give you the whole answer, but I'll try to pick the highlights. So when I was actually close to approaching menopause, I was in perimenopause, I got divorced and was a single parent and sole support and realized that despite the fact that I had very deep experience in my field, which at the time was writing and editing, I could not get a job without a master's degree. And one day I heard myself complaining to a friend and I just thought, okay, I have enough money for one more year. Why don't I see if I can get into a master's degree program? And I, I found a program, I applied, I sold my tractor to pay for it. We were living way out in the country at the time. And got my master's degree in one year with my son doing some consulting on the side. It was a completely insane year. But at a time of life when people think, oh, you're beginning to slow down, I definitely hit the fast track. And from there, I got a job in the corporate world, working for a company, creating lecture series for lifelong learners, high-end video productions. And I thought I just hit the dream of my life amazing job, amazing people, content that was meaningful, and all went well for a while. And then we hit a big skid patch where 2008 happened, and I had to lay off half my staff, and my entire team, whoever was left, ended up working 80 to 90 hours a week. I did that for five years. And in the meantime, I was going through menopause while being in the boardroom with mostly men kind of whipping my jacket off and putting it back on and so forth. Uh, And I did that for almost 10 years before I realized that I'd completely burned myself out. I was very exhausted. Like many of the women I work with, I was super successful in terms of how you look at yourself from the outside. Great salary, great benefits, a lot of respect, working with incredible people. But on the inside, I just was completely crushed feeling. I had lost all meaning. I was taking all my meaning from my job. And that's really not where you find your life's purpose, no matter how good your job is. And I ended up leaving my job in order to help five family members who were all critically ill at the same time. And that began my journey to where I am today. Now, 
I went through a lot of things. I'm the shortcut now to why you don't have to go through everything I went through. But I left my job at the age of, of almost 60. So launching on an adventure like I did, where I ended up traveling around the country for almost 10 months, pretty much living out of my car and house sitting and dog sitting and whatever I could to make a living, keep going. I spent time taking care of myself and digging in in a way that I hadn't my whole life because I'd always been the responsible one for everybody around me. And that eventually led to my freelancing in my field and trying to keep that going. But I very quickly found in that I went back right to that process of working all the time. Before I knew it, I was working 12 hours a day. <clears throat> My little period of adventure was over and I was going crazy. I, I just felt so frustrated that this was all there was to life. And right about that time, my younger brother became critically ill. And he went in the course of five days, and this was pre-COVID, in the course of five days from being told he had two to three years to live to the very next day being told he had seven to eight months to live to the next day being told, you know what, it's probably two to three months to two to three weeks to two to three days over the course of five days. And we were all in shock in my family. We're a big family, a close family. And I flew across the country to see him. And as it turned out, I was the last person to sit with him as he took his dying breaths. And this had a profound effect on me because I realized how short life is and how undiscerning death is. Life takes us through a journey that we think will last forever. Death takes us by surprise, no matter what. And it began this period for me of really examining deeply what is it I really need to be doing? And so I became an end-of-life doula. I'm one of maybe around 36 people certified internationally as an end-of-life doula, helping people come to peace. So here's the last piece of this story. During the height of COVID, I, of course, was not allowed to go see any patients. I had a woman call me to say, look, my, my uncle just learned that he has one week to live. And I already knew from my experience with my brother, you know, how short that can turn out to be. He didn't have COVID. He'd been diagnosed with another disease. And she said, his terrible regrets about his life. He's burdened by what he didn't do and what he wasn't able to accomplish. Can you talk to him? And my heart went out to this family. And I said, yes, of course. So we did a Zoom call to literally his deathbed with the family holding the laptop up to him so that I could talk to him about what had happened in his life that had led him to so many regrets that he was burdened with at the end. We were able to work through that with life review and with reframing what it was he had experienced. That, that made me realize, and that I had to back up the work I was doing to what people are going through now because life is short. And if we are not living it as if it's short, then we're missing out and we're creating a life of regrets instead of a life where at the end we say, I'm satisfied. I did what I needed to do. I was loved. I was loving. 
I forgave people. I was forgiven. Nobody ever gets to the end of their life and on their deathbed says, gee, I wish I'd worked more. I wish I'd spent more time at the office. That's not what happened. So that is why now I work with women who are coming out of the same kind of background I did. They're closing in on menopause or they've gone through menopause. They fought their way up that corporate ladder. They're exhausted. They no longer know where to find their meaning. And I use the elements of facing your death with being very mindful and working through your self-talk to help women transition to a different point of, of living very fully, which has turned out to be incredibly important after we've had these couple of years of fear and doubt and, and worry and everything that we've all gone through. So that's how I got to be where I am today. That's wonderful, Marcy. Yeah, and it it's, um, just reminds me a lot of my own journey and uh, why I'm working with women in the same area of moving through midlife. And um, it, it's so difficult for women to love and acknowledge themselves because they've spent so long looking after other people and facing what other people need or keeping up with a job. And that transformation in their mindset and in their heart and recognising the beauty that's within them is so important, isn't it? It's vital. Just this morning I was talking to a new client who is an amazing success. She's been a worldwide speaker. In fact, she's been the leading speaker worldwide for any anybody, let alone a woman. And she's so exhausted, but she still feels like she has to keep proving herself. But she's she's my age. You know, she's hit that point where she's also just wishing it weren't as hard as it is, but she doesn't know how to take care of herself and find what's beautiful about herself and just love that and embrace it and refill the well of need for love and acceptance that's been carried through her whole life Mm. and you talked about mindfulness and how important that is that uh, ability to to be in the present not worrying about the past or the future in one sense but to be present and to live each moment as fully as one can is so important isn't it it's critical Anna, and i know that you when you work with clients also are very aware of this the way our brains work makes it very difficult for us to live in the present because the reptilian brain, in order to work as fast as it needs to, goes to the past. And in, on top of that, it goes to the most negative emotional experiences you've ever had. So it retrieves that must much faster. In fact, the time it just took you to blink, your emotional mind processed a quadrillion bits of information, whereas your rational mind could only process 40 bits. So we're always going to that past and that keeps us living in our head and in our negative emotions. But we can learn to live in that positive space. We can train our brains to respond instead of reacting. It just takes time. And that's where mindfulness comes to play. Mindfulness is not, as you know, about just eating an orange really slowly. It's about being present in the space you're in with the people you are, with the body you're living in. Why do you think or or what do you think it is that makes it so difficult for women to recognise that they have wisdom and gifts within them from all their experience that the world needs and yet women find it hard to share that giftedness or to even acknowledge that giftedness but the world needs women today 
I think that's so true. And it's another reason why I work with women, because I believe that if I can help change women's self-talk and view of life, that they will have the ripple effect because women are the impactors. They're the change agents. And yet, as you say, they don't see for themselves that they have the right to be nurtured and appreciated. And I, I think we're all coming from such different backgrounds and yet very universally, it seems, and you would know this better than I would because of your background, but it seems to me that women as nurturers for everybody else starts when we're very young and we get so used to setting aside our own needs, including the need to be acknowledged when we're not even doing anything, when we're not taking care of anyone. That is not part of most of our, our upbringing. For me, I know, and maybe for you, I proved my worth for love by taking care of everyone and by being the quiet one, by not having anything going wrong. Well, I remember my dad saying to me, Marcy, I'm so grateful that you've got nothing going wrong, so I don't have to spend time with you. Well, that's, that meant that for the rest of my life, until I started becoming self-aware, I thought, be quiet, take care of other people, be the best of what you can do so he doesn't have to worry about me. That doesn't make for someone who grows up thinking, oh, I'm worthy just as I am, even if I screw up, which I am. Mm, yeah no that's so true and uh, if it's not taking care of other people and keeping quiet it's it's fitting into the mold that is being created by the systems and the organizations and the corporate world whatever it may be and um, not almost a fear of leaving it in case you're letting someone down (laughs) that is so true that fear of letting other people down this woman that I was talking to today apologized to me that she was thinking of doing less in her work world. Just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm leaving knowledge left unshared. But she, that's because she didn't understand that we're not meant to give nonstop. We're meant to give and then restore. Give, restore. That's why we need self-care. Self-care is the opposite of being selfish. Mm-hmm. And the, the value you have for yourself is the value you then give to others. Because if you don't value yourself, you can't give value to others. Yeah, you might think you can because you're taking care of things. But we start to look for other things that are associated with that. For, for instance, approval. I used to think that if I did something for someone else, then they would recognize me and acknowledge me for being this great person who made sure they had mints on their pillow or whatever it was. I didn't realize that I needed to understand that what I was doing, I was doing for myself, not for recognition from someone else. So if I chose to be the one to do the dishes, then I needed to love the fact that I was choosing to do the dishes, not resent the fact that no one said, thank you, Marcy, for doing the dishes after your long, hard day. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a distinction there that most of us don't see or realize. Mm, That's true. We could talk for ages, Marcy, but we have a limited time today. (laughs) But I wonder what 
what would be the most important message you would give to women? That's a great question. I think the most important one is to trust your instincts. Really, we have instincts and we get used to shoving them aside. But in your heart of hearts, you know two things. One, you know that you need love. And two, you know that you're worthy of love. But it's that second piece that we don't listen to. But if you pay attention to your body and how you're feeling and how you're reacting, you will remember you already are loved. You're already as worthy as you need to be. You are enough just as you are. That, I think, is the most important thing to remember. Yeah, and I second that and triple it. I think it's just so important. Marcy, I'm sure some of the women that are listening to this podcast would love to get in touch with you. How can they do that? The easiest way to do that, Anne, is to just go to my website, selfmasterytransformation.com. There's a contact form there. They can get in touch with me. I'm Right now, I've got a course going starting in just two weeks on emotional health. It's six weeks, very intensive, very, very supportive to help women shift out of this period of fear and negativity we've been going in. And I've set up a coupon for your listeners, just and podcast, and that will give people $200 off the program up until February 2nd. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Marcy. That's very, very appreciated. And I'm sure we'll have you back and we'll talk again soon. Oh my gosh. Wonderful to catch up with you. Yeah, no, it'll be really great. And for all our listeners, this is the first one for this year and we welcome you back and we hope that you'll join many more podcasts coming up. And please don't hesitate to get in touch with Marcy. And also uh, remember that you can log into Fabulous 50s and More on Facebook. And if you go to my website, annemoyabussi.com, you'll see there's a free webinar for you. And also just to let you know, we have a new program being launched called also called Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen, which is an eight-week transformation process for you as you move through midlife into the afternoon of life. So log on to those details, log on to Marcy's, log on to mine, and you'll get all the support you need to help you through. So thank you very, very much. And thank you again, Marcy. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you, Anne. It's been a joy. You've been listening to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer Bussey. We look forward to your company next episode. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.